people with your host, Dennis Beard. The Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. Literally on the 16th of September, 2021, here in America. And somebody said, well, those were Old Testament feasts. But they're Moed. They're the divine appointments of God with man. They're the feast of the Lord. And they have a shadow of things to come. Now, the first three feasts in that first season is the Feast of Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and Feast of First Fruits. Completed by our Lord Jesus Christ, Christ our Passover, sacrificed for us. And we see that death, burial, and resurrection in the gospel according to Matthew, gospel according to Mark, gospel according to Luke, and the gospel according to John. Then we come to the second season in the fourth feast, the Feast of Weeks, or the Feast of Pentecost. After the Feast of First Fruits, you will number seven Sabbaths, seven sevens, and on the morrow, being Pente, Pentecost, 50 days, and shall be a feast of uh, weeks. The feast of weeks there, you gather sh- two wave sheaves uh, with leaven, wave them before the Lord. This happened on the day of Pentecost, Acts the second chapter. Then a long time elapses before we come to the third season of tabernacles. Now the first three feasts, many that believe only that is for salvation, are called fundamentalist, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Then the ones that go on to be filled with the Holy Ghost are called Pentecostal because of Pentecost, Acts, the second chapter, being filled and having experience being filled with the Holy Ghost. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the fourth feast. But now we're in that third season of the last three feasts, those that go on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. He will come to us as the rain. The former, that is Acts, the second chapter, Pentecost, and the latter, which is the latter rain or tabernacles and the Feast of Trumpets. Then Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, and then the Feast of Sukkoth, Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Ingathering. As we take a look at these feasts, they still, in the third season, have not come to pass yet. Still in operation. A third of the Bible is prophecy that still has yet to be experienced by the saints of the living God. Where are we? Well, in this being the 16th day of September, or the Day of Atonement, this this podcast will be on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. We'll get this out of Leviticus 16 and uh, the priest and what their duties are and the high priest on that day and the priest leaving the sanctuary, the holy place, so that there will be no man in the tabernacle of the congregation. Only one man will go in. And, of course, this is according to the will of God, in its totality, in the, in the consummation, that the will of God from the foundation of the world has been to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus to bring many sons into glory. And we see that on that day of atonement. Now, the day of atonement is when we receive everything that God has 
for the body of Christ. For national Israel, it'll be a day that will be set apart from all other days when they see their Messiah. And they see the head, nail uh, scars in his hands and the prints in his hand, and they will mourn every tribal part because they see that the Lord Jesus is their Messiah. In that Day of Atonement, in the Old Testament, Leviticus 16, we're going to see various things that were done in a type and shadow for the Lord Jesus Christ, our great high priest. In Leviticus 16, just as a way of a Bible teaching, the Lord spake unto Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu. They had gone in and offered strange fire before the Lord and offering incense. And because they did, they were killed. And the Lord, Jesus, is now telling uh, Moses after the death of Aaron's two sons that the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto Aaron thy brother, that he come not at all times into the holy place within the veil. So this is the holiest of all, the holy of holies, the most holy place, wherein is the Ark of the Covenant, which is the testimony. And it says that, within that veil before the mercy seat, which is upon the ark. So the lid of the ark of the covenant is the mercy seat that he die not for I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. Now that's the Shekinah glory in that cloud. And we go to verse three. Now this is Leviticus 16 and we'll kind of break it down and how it is applied to us, applicable to us in these last days. Thus shall Aaron come into the holy place with a young bullock for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Now we have a bullock and a ram. Now what's going to happen here? And he shall put on the holy linen coat. Now what's happening? He's taking off the garments of glory and beauty that you see in Exodus 28. He's going to lay them aside and he's going to put on, it says here, the linen coat, he shall have a linen breeches upon his flesh. He shall be girded with a linen girdle and with a linen, linen mitre shall he be attired. These are holy garments. Therefore shall he wash his flesh in water and shall so put them on. Well, what happens there is he lays aside his garments of glory and beauty, the high priest garments, and he puts on a servant's to be a slave clothes. And he is going to be one with the people, not as a high priest, but as a servant. And all the other ministers are going to leave, the high priest are going to leave the tabernacle, the tabernacle of the congregation, the holy place. And only one man will go through, the high priest. Jesus did the same for us. We see in John 13 that Jesus laid aside his garment, laid aside that, and took up on a cloth and a towel, and there washed the feet of his disciples. And he said, you call me Lord, and you say it well. But he said, now come as a servant, as a slave. 
the Lord did the same thing. This is John 13. He did the same that God himself humbled himself in the kenosis. That's Philippians 2, 6 through 8. That Jesus, who being in the form of God, spirit, always has been God and always will be God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, not made equal, be equal. That means he's God himself in all attributes from the aloft to the tall, the alpha to the omega, the A to the Z, all the attributes of God. And thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself. That is God made himself of no reputation. He's taken off that glory that he has, just like the Levitical high priest did, Aaron, and takes upon him the form of a servant. He makes himself of no reputation, not some reputation, no reputation. He empties out of his glory in a self-imposed limitation upon himself. He does not cease and desist from being God, but he humbles himself that he will not work his spirit, but only as a servant. And that servant is made in the likeness of man, being fashioned as a man. He humbled himself to the death, the death of the cross just as the high priest Aaron did in Leviticus 16 in the Old Testament. And now Aaron takes off his garments of glory and beauty, just as our Lord Jesus humbled himself, the Spirit of God, and took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. To be found in fashion as a man, to humble himself to death, the death of the cross, wherefore God hath highly exalted him. That will be our atonement. By one man's offering, Jesus Christ, by one offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. There, it says in verse 5, Leviticus 16, 5, Aaron shall take of the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of the goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. And Aaron shall offer his bullock of the sin offering which is for himself to make an atonement for himself and for his, his house, for all of his household. Now, Jesus, being our great high priest, was sinless, spotless, tempted at all points like we are yet without sin. So when he was baptized of John and Jordan, it was not to wash away his sins, but to fulfill all righteousness. However, Aaron had to offer for himself and his household. Then he says he takes the two goats, and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat or the scapegoat called Azazel. Uh, that is the, the goat of departure, separation. So there'll be one goat for the Lord that will be sacrificed. And the other scapegoat, the goat of Azazel, shall be led into a desolate place. And they're left, uh, they're never to come back again into Israel. So Aaron cast lots. And Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot fell and offer him for a sin offering. That's the one that will be slaughtered. But the goat on which the lot fell to the scapegoat, or the goat of Azazel, shall be presented alive before the Lord 
to make an atonement with him and to let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. So we have two goats there, the goat for the Lord and the goat for the scapegoat, or Azazel. And Aaron shall bring the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and shall make an atonement for himself and for his house. And he shall kill the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself. And he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from off the altar before the Lord. So he's taking burning coals of fire off the altar of burnt offering. And his hands full of sweet incense beaten small. The incense there he took off the table of shewbread beaten small, and bring it within the veil. When he goes within the veil, there's only one man on that day of atonement. And he shall put the incense upon the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he die not. Now, the testimony. Many times the Ark of the Covenant is called the testimony, and that testimony is the Ark of the Covenant, but it speaks of mercy. And he's going to go in with a cloud of incense that must cover the mercy seat, lest he die. And this is because uh, the incense being the prayers of the saints, but he must cover that where no one will see the face of God and live. Therefore, that he dies not, and he shall take of the blood of the bullock, sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat eastward. That will be on the right side, eastward. And then before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle of the blood with his finger seven times. Now before that, before the mercy seat, he sprinkled the mercy seat. And before the mercy seat, he sprinkles of that blood seven times. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering. That after he gets through, he goes back and he kills the goat of the sin offering. That is for the Lord. That is for the people. And bring his blood within the veil. And do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bullock. And sprinkle upon the mercy seat and before the mercy seat. So now we have not only that bullock, but also the goat. And before the mercy seat, just as he did with the bullock. And it says, and he shall make an atonement for the holy place. So the whole sanctuary and the tabernacle of the congregation and the altars will all be sprinkled with blood to make an atonement. And he shall make an atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel. That is because they are the uncleanness of the children of Israel is their sons of Adam. And then Adam all died. That is that original sin that Adam, by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. That is the uncleanness of the children of Israel. And because of their transgressions in all their sins. This is because they did not obey the Ten Commandments. They did not obey in the, that obedience. So it's covering both because they're of Adam and because of breaking of the law. And so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remaineth among them in the midst of their uncleanness. Very key point. There shall be no man in the tabernacle of the congregation, 
in the sanctuary. Where you come in and to the south, you're going to have the seven golden candlestick. On the north, you're going to have the table of shewbread. And there, uh, before the veil, the altar of incense with a golden censer. And there will be no man in there. The regular priesthood offerings and the courses will not be there. On that day, all of them are out. There's only one man. And it's a type in the body of Christ that Jesus himself will go in and he'll make an offering by his, his holy, clean, unspotted blood for one sacrifice forever, sanctifying them through that blood of the covenant. And there will be no other man there. Now, when we are in Christ and we are the body of Christ and he's the head that we'll see in the book of the Revelation, that we will carry out the final end of the work of the ministry for Jesus was cut off in the midst of the week, but not for himself. There remains another three and a half year, 42 months, time, times and a half, a thousand, two and three score days of the Jesus ministry, the work of the ministry. So because of in him, in him, by him, and through him, we will fulfill that and it will consummate in the coming of the Lord. So there will be no man in the tabernacle of the congregation when he goeth in to make atonement for the holy place until he come out and have made an atonement for himself, for his household, and for the whole congregation of Israel. So the high priest, taking off his garments of glory and beauty, taking on the linen garments, the linen breeches, the linen mitre, by doing that, he's becoming one with the people. Jesus, by him, coming from God, coming into the world, and making himself of no reputation is doing the same. He's becoming one with us. God Almighty, Emmanuel, God with us, becoming one with us. And he, then in his own body of flesh and blood, will fulfill the law, his own law. And by doing so, will, after being tempted at all points like we are yet without sin, will offer himself upon the cross and take the ordinances of that law that were contrary to us, nailing it to his cross, thereby breaking down that middle wall of partition that divided God from all mankind. God in his own body of flesh and blood. Jesus himself, who's made himself of no reputation, being our great high priest, but also the servant that is made in the likeness of men, literally under the law, to redeem us that are under the law. Now, how much did God love you? Enough that he literally came down, made himself of no reputation, took on him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. We find it in Isaiah 43, 10. Thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand. Not, not believing that organizations or denominations or bishops, apostles, or prophets, or whatever the case may be, not the tradition of the elders that made the word of God in an effect, but to believe God himself, to believe me and understand, say of God, that I am he, I am that servant. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now that I am he. 
Beside me, there is no other Savior. I'm the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. There is no Trinity. There is no binary tunis. And the oneness have the man separate from God being the anthropos at the right hand of God. Not realizing that man was made, our Lord Jesus Christ, the man in his emptied out state, laying aside his glory, becoming a man. That man has become and made a quickening spirit. The Lord is that spirit. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. So we let all the house of Israel know surely that same Jesus, that man whom you crucified, God hath made him both Lord, Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ the Holy Ghost. Now, notice that Aaron, the high priest, in a type, is offering there on the behalf of the people the bullock, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, and the goat, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, offering himself where the high priest here is offering a bullock and a goat, therefore himself and for the congregation. But it's very important. Verse 17, there's no man, no other, no other priest, regular priest in the daily offices, all that sanctuary in the tabernacle of the congregation is, is out. They're not in there. There's only one man that goes in, and that is the high priest only. There we see that until he comes out, he makes an atonement for Aaron, makes an atonement for himself and for the people, just as Jesus did for the people, not for himself, but for us. And he shall go out. Aaron shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord, make an atonement for it, for the altar, and shall take of the blood of the book and of the blood of the goat and put it upon the horns of the altar round about. So now we're having the tabernacle of the congregation. We're having... Uh, the holy place, all the vessels, and the altar, all literally uh, made an atonement for. He shall sprinkle the blood upon it with his finger seven times. And seven we know is full, full perfection and consummation. It's God's perfect number. So the book of the Revelation, when Jesus in his final coming will is it's stamped with seven seven times seven seals seven trumpets seven vows the seven angels seven trumpets it's stamped with sevens it's the feast of sevens which is the full consummation of the day of atonement where we in the, this time of jubilee will be gathered to the lord and our vile body fashioned like in his glorious body whereby he's able to do all things unto himself and when he hath made an end of reconciling the holy place and the tabernacle of the congregation, that is the sanctuary as well, and the altar, the altar burnt offering, he shall bring the live goat. And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat, the goat of Azazel, and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. Notice where this wilderness is. And the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities into a land not inhabited. 
and he shall let go the goat in the wilderness. Now, Jewish tradition tells us that they would put a red scarlet ribbon upon that neck of that goat of Azazel, send it to the wilderness, and as uh, uh, the goat would be cast over the hill and killed, that they would bring back, the fit man would bring back that scarlet uh, thread that was put on uh, that goat of Azazel. And it would turn from red to white, meaning that the Lord had uh, uh, literally forgiven the sins of the people for that year. But there would be a remembrance again of those sins because it's impossible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. Now that's tradition. And it said that whenever the Lord was crucified on the cross, that from that day forward, that there was no more uh, that red uh, thread there upon the goat of Azazel that would turn white, that it would not turn at all. Now, of course, that is uh, there is, is the Jewish mysticism telling us there in folklore that that's what happened. In the Word of God, though, we know that a fit man took it into the wilderness and there let, and let it go, and then the goat shall bear all the iniquities unto a land not inhabited, and it shall let go that goat in the wilderness, never to return. The sins are washed away from the, as far as the east is from the west. And Aaron shall come into the tabernacle of the congregation and shall put off the linen garments. That's very important. Now, we know that the blood of bulls and goats and all this was only good for one year. It's kind of like a credit card. You can charge it up, but this, the price hasn't been paid yet. Somebody's going to have to pay the price, and that'll be the Lord Jesus Christ, past, present, and future, sin of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God, take away the sin of the world. So it was kind of like a charge card that there would be a remembrance again of those sins each year. And this will be for a perpetual statute forever, God said. And there would be a remembrance of that each year, we find in the book of Hebrews. And it says that Aaron came into the tabernacle of the congregation and shall put off the linen garments, very important, and put on when he went into the holy place and shall leave them there. He's going to take those garments, those linen garments, linen breeches, linen miter, and he's in the linen coat, and he's going to lay it aside in that holy place, in the sanctuary, never to be worn again, a one and one time only. And they put back on his garments of glory and beauty. The same the Lord did. He did not stay a servant. He came the first time, Habashik bin Yosef, the suffering servant, the suffering Messiah. But now when he comes back, he's coming back as Habashik bin David, the glorious lion of the tribe of Judah, coming back in glory. There we see in a type and a shadow here that Aaron is now after he's completed. Uh, they're going before the mercy seat seven times before the mercy seat, laying the blood for him, the people, and then coming out. He's going to change those clothes. He's going to lay it aside in that tabernacle of the congregation, the, the sanctuary, the holy place. And he's going to put back on 
the garments of glory and beauty. The Lord Jesus Christ will do the same in that he, after his death, burial, and resurrection, will go back and be glorified with the Father, with the glory he had with him before the foundation of the world, John 17, 5. So our great high priest is touched with a feeling of our infirmities because he's been one of us. But now he's been glorified with the Father's own self, set down with the Father, S-E-T, not sit, S-I-T, as literally a place of position. But Revelation 3.21, he is overcome and set, S-E-T, a state of glory forever settled, down with my Father in his throne, Jesus said. All power in heaven and earth given unto him. The man Christ Jesus is that spirit. He is the Father of glory, and we are filled with that spirit. We find that in Ephesians 4 because it says there's one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is above all, the Father of us all and in us all. We find in Galatians 4 verse 6 that God has sent forth the spirit of his Son into our hearts whereby we cry, Abba, Father, not Son, Abba, Father. Why? Because there's only one spirit. And the Lord Jesus is that spirit. Simply because he took on a body of flesh and come under the law, made of a woman, made an under the law to redeem us under the law. He did not stay there. He is God, always has been God, laid aside his glory to become one of us. And then after his death, burial, and resurrection, went back to his former glory and glorified with the Father's own self all that the Father has. Jesus said, is given unto me. Now, through him, we have access for eternal life. There with the Father, simply by one offering of his own blood, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. So therefore, Aaron did the same there as a type. He came into the sanctuary. He came to the tabernacle of the congregation, laid aside those those linen garments and took back on his garments of glory and beauty. Now we're at verse 24 and Aaron shall wash his, wash his flesh with water in the holy place, put on his garments. That is the garments of glory and beauty and come forth and offer his burnt offering and the burnt offerings for the people and make atonement for himself and for all the people and the fat of the sin offering shall he burn upon the altar that he then let go the goat for the scapegoat, he that let the scapegoat go of the hands of a fit, fit man, shall wash his clothes and bathe his flesh in water, and afterward he's going to come back into the camp. And it says, and the bullock for the sin offering, and the goat for the sin offering, whose blood was brought to make an atonement in the holy place, shall one carry forth without the camp and they shall burn in the fire their skins, their flesh, and their dung. Though what was left of the animals of sacrifice took outside the camp and completely burned with fire, flesh and skins and the dung. And he that burneth them shall wash his clothes, bathe his flesh in water, and afterward he shall come into the camp. It's very important to notice and to note that the blood is not applied without the water. We find many washings here, but 
the water is always required for the blood to be applied. So therefore, we find that when Jesus was on the cross and he died, forthwith, when Longinus pierced him, there in his side, forthwith there came blood and water. Not blood only, but water and blood. This is he that came by water and blood. The same as Moses, when every sprinkle, uh, both the book and the people, their blood with water and that with hyssop. We find that in Hebrews uh, there about the blood, uh, taking the blood of the commandments and the people, sprinkling both the book and the people, blood with water. We'll always find that the blood is applied along with water therein being born again, born of the water and the spirit. And it says uh, that after that, he shall that he, he comes back into camp. This shall be a statute, verse 29. And this shall be a statute forever for you that in the seventh month, on the 10th day of the month, you shall afflict your souls and do no work therein. Whether it be one of your own country or a stranger that sojourneth among you. And that is that 10th day is the day of atonement. That is the day, the Yom Kippur, the day that we are right now in America on the 16th of uh, September, 2021, is the day of atonement. We reflect back on this to see what our Lord God has done for us. He, who is our great high priest, being the spirit of God in the form of spirit, literally took, took upon himself the form of a servant. He did that by making himself of no reputation. The same that Aaron did, a type of it, is Aaron took off his garments of glory and beauty, Leviticus 16, and took on a linen coat, linen breeches, linen, uh, and a linen bonnet, a linen mitre, becoming one of the people. The Lord Jesus did the same with us. And after he had completed and completely made uh, reconciliation for our sins, a propitiation for on our behalf. Then he went back glorified with the Father. We'll find here that on that tenth day, the day of atonement, it's in that seventh month. It's not Pentecost. We find that it's after the Feast of Trumpets, the day of atonement. So there's a day coming. There's a day that remaineth the rest of the people of God. There remaineth the rest to the people of God. An eternal sabbatical, an eternal Sabbath on the Sabbath. And that is when we, the body of Christ, will be fashioned like unto Jesus' glorious body. We shall be changed in a moment and twinkling by at the last trump. And it says, For on that day shall the priest make an atonement for you to cleanse you that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. It shall be a Sabbath of rest. Hebrews 4, there remaineth a Sabbath, a rest for us. For if Jesus had given the rest, he would not have spoken of another day. He's already paid the price. He's already shed his holy, righteous, holy, sanctified blood for us to redeem us with the incorruptible blood of Jesus Christ. A, a sacrifice forever to redeem us that were under the law. And that day of atonement remains an eternal Sabbath for us on the day the Lord returns. 
the day of atonement, we will receive all that the Lord has paid for on the cross. He's already paid the price, but we, the body of Christ, we wait for the manifestation of the sons of God, which is that whole creation moaneth and groaneth in pain to be delivered into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. But not only they, but we also, which have the first fruits of the spirit, do groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our bodies. We haven't been uh, uh, redeemed yet in our bodies. We're saved, being saved, and will be saved. No skin worms eat this flesh, yet in my, in my flesh. No skin worms eat this body, yet in my flesh. I will see God, Job said, speaking of the resurrection. Well, we have not had that yet. The resurrection has not been overpassed yet. It hasn't happened yet, but it will. And that day we will enter into that day of atonement that everything the Lord purchased, we will receive. And we will be kings and priests unto the Lord our God and reign with him for a thousand years. That day of atonement will also be a day of judgment for those that know not God, that know not God, that know not the Lord Jesus Christ and neither serve him. It will be a great day. It'll be the day of the Lord. And blow the trumpet of Zion, sound alarm of my holy mountain, and cry, alas, alas, for the day the day of the Lord cometh. It's nigh at hand as a destruction from the Almighty, so shall it come. To those that are saved, it'll be a glorious day. It's the day of Christ and are gathering together into him. But it'll be a day of darkness, gloominess. It'll be a day of destruction for those that know not God. So we see here, at this time, it's a good time to commemorate what our Lord has done for us and what he is doing and will do. For the great thing that God will do still lies ahead for the body of, the body of Christ to experience it. He's already paid for it. The blood has been shed. And in the Feast of Tabernacles, beginning on the 15th day, 15th day of that month Tishri, Ethneim, we will see that there will be seven days that will be offerings. It starts on that 15th day. On the first day, there are 13 bullocks in addition to all of the other offerings. 13 bullocks. Second day, 12. Third day, 11. Fourth day, 10. Fifth day, 9. Uh, sixth day, eight, seven, day seven. You add all those up, 70. And then on that eighth day, there's only one. That is the total, the new beginning, the first beginning of the creation of God. We'll have uh, their reigning and ruling with Christ. And that's the reason why there are 70 bullocks for the 70 nations in the table of nations in Genesis 10. So the Lord's already paid the price. We, the body of Christ, will experience that glory, which is his, standing in the power of his might in his kingdom and for the work of the ministry, which is a Jesus ministry. The Lord's already paid it. All we have to do is obey obedience unto righteousness in order to be counted worthy to enter in. Well, if the message there strikes a chord within you, the Holy Ghost bears witness with your spirit that this is the word of God. And the Lord is bringing us all into the unity of the faith, that one body, that one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, father of us all. That's the Lord Jesus Christ and in us all. Then we love to meet you 
The Lord's gathering his body together in one now. And we want to meet you. Give us a call. Write us. But make contact with us. And there we will meet you and hopefully shake hands at the body of Christ gathered together into one in the unity of the faith to the knowledge of the Son of God for that we will come unto perfection to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and this gospel of the kingdom that will then be preached unto all the world for witness unto all nations and then the end will come. What's before that? The body of Christ coming into one, one body. And that one body being the members in particular in Jesus, the head making but one filling heaven and an earth. Call by the name of Jesus. Give us a call or write. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, Zip Code 75606. Or you can drop us a uh, message. Or if you have a question, write to us on our websites, sealinggodspeople.com, sealinggodspeople.org, or dennisbeard.org. We want to thank you for your prayerful support and your generous donations by which we're able to keep the podcast coming to you over the air. We always pray over your offerings and donations that God multiplied back to you, multiply the seed song 30, 60, some hundred times. The Lord bless you for every good work and supply all your wants in Jesus' name. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.